Hello, welcome back to the Wire Podcast. I am your host, Ryan McCrary, and today I am going to be giving a recap of what happened in week six of the college football season. And um, before I get started, I just want to say, if you have watched my last video uh, that I posted on YouTube, I just want to say thank you. The video now has around around 3.5 thousand views. I just want to say thank y'all uh, for kind of blowing that video up. I did not expect to get that many views on the video. Um, and if you want to go check it out, you, you can check it out at my YouTube channel called The Wire. It's about John Franklin Meyer and his extension with the New York Jets that he signed last week and just basically how well he's been playing. Um, so I just want to thank y'all so much uh, for watching that video um, and, and allowing it uh, to get as many views as it has right now because it's, it's just amazing to see uh, how well the video is doing right now. Um, and also, before I get into this video, I am drinking some cold coffee, some iced coffee right now. It's mocha uh, with mint creamer in there. And it's like, the creamer in here is like mocha mint. Like, it is very, very good. But let's go ahead and hop into what happened this weekend in college football. I'm going to go through the scores, and then I'm going to go more in-depth into some of the games um, that I watched and some of the games that I think were the most interesting. Let's get started with the scores. I got the college football score scoreboard pulled up. I'm just going to be going through all the scores that included top 25 teams. By the way, if you hear an echo, I'm I'm at my grandmother's house watching her dogs. So I'm not in my regular recording space. So you might hear an echo. But without further ado, let's get into the scores. So on Thursday, Coastal Carolina beat Arkansas State 52-20. to on Friday, Cincinnati beat Temple 52-3, and Arizona State beat Stanford 28-10. Then on Saturday, uh, A&M upset Alabama 41-38. Georgia beat Auburn 34-10. Iowa beat Penn State 23-20. Oklahoma beat Texas 55-48. Uh, Ohio State beat Maryland 66-17, Michigan beat Nebraska 32-29, Boise State upset BYU on the road 26-17, massive win for, for Boise State here, tough loss for BYU at home, Michigan State beat Rutgers 31-13 on the road, Ole Miss beat Arkansas 52-51, Notre Dame barely squeaked by Virginia Tech, they were actually underdogs in this game according to the spread, so big uh, upset victory by Notre Dame on the road. Even though they're ranked 14th and Virginia Tech is unranked, it was still technically uh, they were still technically underdogs. Kentucky beat LSU at home, 42 to 21. They were only favored by was it three points in this game, and then won by 21. That's a big win for Kentucky at home. Then Wake Forest barely squeaked by Syracuse, 40 to 37. Florida beat Vanderbilt 42 to nothing at home uh, and blowout there. SMU beat Navy 31 to 24 and San Diego. San, sorry, and San Diego State beat New Mexico 31 to seven. Uh, first game I want to talk about a little bit more is Arkansas. So Arkansas, uh, they they uh, were at home. Uh, sorry, Arkansas they lost to Ole Miss on the road. Ole Miss beating them 52 to 51. In a wild game. This game was super high scoring. There were over 100 points scored in this game. Very little defense. Big win for Ole Miss. And it had a crazy ending. Um, this was, I actually had my eye on this game. I was watching this. Uh, uh, another game I'm going to be talking about is the Red, River, the Red River Showdown versus Oklahoma and Texas. 
I had I was paying more close attention to this game, um, and man, was it crazy. Like I said, very little defense played in this game, as you can tell, uh, over 100 points scored. And both teams combined for um, t- like over 1,200 yards. Each team had 600 total yards in this game. Um, so that just shows you how crazy the scoring was. Um, and I thought this would be... Um, not a low-scoring game, but I honestly thought the under would hit. The over-under in this game was around 65, I believe. Let me actually look. Um, and the over-under was 67. I thought the under would hit. Uh, <laughs> it absolutely did not hit at all. Um, and let's go through the scores. Go through each drive. Um, it was a bit, a bit of a slow start for both teams. Arkansas had the ball first, punt for them, then Ole Miss punted. Then the scoring got started. Arkansas scored a touchdown to go up 7-0. Then Ole Miss scored. They missed the PAT as it was 7-6. Then Arkansas scored a touchdown to go up 14-6. Then Ole Miss scored, got the two-point conversion to tie at 14-14. Then Arkansas fumbled. Ole Miss punted. Arkansas missed a field goal, so two rough possessions from them. Then Ole Miss scored a touchdown to go at 21-14. Then Arkansas threw an interception on a Hail Mary right before the half. Um, and Ole Miss had the lead at halftime 21-14. Ole Miss came out, kicked a field goal to open up the second half to go up 24-14. Then Arkansas scored uh, a touchdown to make it 24-21. Ole Miss had a turnover on downs. Arkansas kicked the field goal to, to tie the game 24-24. Ole Miss scored a touchdown to go up 31-24. Arkansas responded with a touchdown of their own to tie the score 31-31. Then Ole Miss uh, scored a touchdown to go up 38-31. Arkansas did not back down. They scored a touchdown of their own to make to tie the score 38-38. Then Ole Miss scored a touchdown to go up 45-38. So much scoring. Uh, then Arkansas punted. Ole Miss punted as well. Arkansas scored to, to tie the game 45-45. Then Ole Miss um, had two plays on their final drive, scored to go up 52-45 to 45 in the final minutes of the fourth quarter. Ole Miss, or Arkansas went down. I think I may have misspoke. Ole Miss scored a touchdown to go up 52-45. Uh, Arkansas had one last possession. They scored a touchdown. They did not want to go to overtime. They went for two. They did not get it. They lost 52-51. to 51. Wow, what a victory for Ole Miss. They did not cover, but big win for them. Um, I cannot believe how this game played out. I thought it would have been a little bit low scoring because Arkansas has a great defense. Um, Ole Miss has a really good offense. I just thought Arkansas's defense was was a lot stronger than they showed in this game. But man, what a crazy game. I mean, there were 41 total points scored in the fourth quarter. And there were There was like... There was 60, let's see, let's do the math here. So there was there was 27 points scored in the third quarter alone um, in this game. 41 in, in the fourth quarter, so 27 plus 41, that is 68. There were 68 points scored in the second half. So this the teams, these two teams hit the over in the second half alone. That's crazy. Let's look at some, some player performances from this game. K.J. Jefferson and Matt Corral both played out of their minds. Both, uh, Matt Corral had a QBR of 97.3. K.J. Jefferson had a QBR of 80. Just really solid performances from them. 
KJ Jefferson had 326 passing yards, three touchdowns, one pick. Also had 20 carries for 85 yards and three rushing touchdowns. Incredible game for him on the ground. Matt Corral had 287 yards, two touchdowns. He also had 15 carries for 94 yards and two touchdowns. So those guys played out of their minds. Um, Both teams also had huge, huge performances from their running backs. Raheem Sanders had 17 carries for 139 yards, zero touchdowns. Jefferson, obviously, like I mentioned, had three touchdowns. And Traylon Smith had 11 carries for 85 yards and a touchdown. For Ole Miss, Henry Parrish Jr. had 18 carries for 111 yards, zero touchdowns. Snoop Connor had 12 carries for 110 yards and three touchdowns. And as I mentioned before, Matt Corral had two touchdowns of his own on the ground. So, a uh, big game from, e- from e- each team's rushing attack. Traylon Burks had a big game. Seven catches for 136 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Warren Thompson was very productive as well for Arkansas. Um, he had four catches for 76 yards and a touchdown. For Ole Miss, Braylon Sanders had only two catches, but 127 yards and a touchdown. So, very productive uh, day for him. Ontario Drummond had two catches for 78 yards and a touchdown. Big game for him. Um, anybody else on defense? There were a couple guys on defense for Arkansas that had big games. Like Hayden Henry, he had two QB hurries, one tackle for loss, 11 total tackles. Joe Foucha had one and a half tackles for loss, one QB hurry. Did Arkansas have a sack? I don't think they did. Nope, they had zero sacks. Um, and uh, Ole Miss had one sack. And only one QB hurry. Um, no, nobody for Ole Miss really had a great day defensively. Um, and, you know, that reflects, that was reflected by the scoreboard. Uh, but yeah, big game here. Uh, very exciting. Very high scoring. Now let's move on. Talk about the Red River Showdown, which I mentioned earlier. Uh, o- Oklahoma beat Texas 55-48. to Another high scoring game this weekend. And man, was this exciting. Like every Red River showdown, this was a high-scoring affair. Texas got out to a big lead in the first half. Let's go to the play-by-play section on ESPN. So Texas, they got out to a 28-7 lead in the first in the first half. They were dominating Oklahoma. Um, they were up 14. They, they scored on their first, on Oklahoma's first possession. They punted. Then Texas scored. Um, sorry, Texas scored on their first possession to go up 7-0. Then Oklahoma punted. Uh, Texas scored again uh, to go up 14-0. Um, and this was, it was crazy how Texas got up to a 14-0 lead. They had a, um, Casey Thompson had a 75-yard pass to Xavier Worthy for a touchdown. And then, um, uh, and then there, there was like a punt block, was there not? I thought Oklahoma, yeah. Oklahoma had a punt blocked, um, and then on the ensuing possession by Texas, they scored a touchdown to go up 14-0. Oklahoma came back and scored to make it a 14-7 ball game. Texas punted. Oklahoma threw a pick. Uh, Texas scored a touchdown to go up 21-7. Oklahoma punted, so they were struggling to get things going offensively. Um, and then Texas scored a touchdown to go up 28-7, and this is where I, I thought Texas was going to run away from it here. But Oklahoma did not back down. They scored a touchdown to make it a 28-14 ball game. Texas punted. Uh, Oklahoma kicked the field goal to make the score 28-17. to 
Texas punted once again. Now, they were struggling. Ole Miss had a fumble, though. Texas scored, took advantage of the turnover, uh, scored a touchdown to go up 35-17. to uh, Oklahoma kicked a field goal to make the score 35-20. to And then, um, and Texas kicked a field goal right before the end of the half to make the score 38-20 to going into halftime. So, Texas, they had an 18-point lead at halftime. And, and, and it looked, it looked like they were going to run away from it. They were going to run run away with it here. Um, they had some struggles late in the first half offensively. Um, and, but they still had an 18-point lead at halftime. Well, the second half is where things would get a little bit crazy. Oklahoma punted to start off the third quarter. So did Texas. Oklahoma kicked a field goal to make the score 38-23. Texas responded with a field goal of their own. To make it uh, 41 to 23, Oklahoma scored a touchdown to make it 41 to 30. Now it's just an 11 point game. Um, then Texas punted. Oklahoma kicked the field goal to make it 41 to 33. Texas punted again. Oklahoma scored a touchdown to tie and and, and got the two point conversion to tie the game 41 to 41. They scored a touchdown again. Uh, there must have been a turnover here to go up 48 to 41. Texas had a turnover on downs, unfortunately. Um, Oklahoma had possession with a chance to go up double digits. They didn't. They punted. Texas scored a touchdown. They tied the game 48-48. Then Oklahoma, on their final drive of the game, scored a touchdown to win 55-48. A big win for Oklahoma and a wild game for them. Spencer Rattler actually got benched in this game. He was playing extremely poorly when he was in there. Oklahoma mixed him, brought in freshman Caleb Williams, and Caleb Williams balled out. Had 212 yards, two touchdowns, zero picks, also had four carries for 88 yards and a touchdown. He had a QBR of 98.1. Monster performance from him. He had some insane throws in this game, so shout out to him. He might be the full-time starter moving forward. I don't know what Lincoln Riley is going to do with his quarterback situation, but I would not be surprised if Caleb Williams was the full-time starter moving forward. Um, I think that just might happen. Another guy that played, wow, a voice crack. Another guy that played well for Oklahoma was Kennedy Brooks, who had 25 carries for 217 yards and two touchdowns. Big game for him. Uh, Marvin Mims played well as, uh, as well, had five catches for 136 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, big performance from him. Nick Benito bought out, had three quarterback uh, hurries, one and a half tackles for loss, one and a half sacks, five total tackles. He bought out in this game, played extremely, extremely well. Um, he was awesome. Oklahoma had seven quarterback hurries in this game. Um, now for Texas, uh, Casey Thompson was really, really good. Had 30, 388 yards, five touchdowns, um, had only a QBR of 67.9. I don't know why. He did have five carries for negative 24 yards. So I think the rush, he may have taken a bunch of sacks. I just don't know what, and that might have contribu- contributed to a lower QBR. But statistically, he was super productive as a passer, um, despite having a low QBR. But there are other things that go into that besides passing, and I think that's why um, he had a low QBR. Mah- John Robinson had 20 carries for 137 yards and a touchdown. 
had 6.9 yards per carry, played extremely well. Um, Xavier Worthy was awesome too, had 9 catches for 261 yards and 2 touchdowns. No one on their defense had a, a, a spectacular game except for, the, um, let me go back, except for, um, let me get his name right, Demarvian Overshone had 2 QB hurries, 2 tackles for loss, and a sack. Also had 8 total tackles. He played well, but besides him, nobody else really was super productive for them. Um, and let's look at the team stats. Let's let's see why they lost. So Oklahoma had more first downs, had 26 first downs to Texas's 19. Um, they had more more total yards, a lot more total yards. They had 662 total yards. Texas only had 516. Oklahoma did turn the ball over more. Uh, they had two turnovers, while Texas only had one. Let me look at my notes here. Um, after going up uh, 41-23 to um, in the second half, Texas did, Oklahoma went on a 35-7 to run. That's crazy. So that's that's how they were able to win in the second half. And Texas's offense was just not good in the second half. They scored just 10 points in the second half, and that's how they were able to, and that's how, and that's why they lost in this game. Their, their offense just couldn't keep up with Oklahoma in the second half, um, and that's how they ended up losing this game at home. But shout out to Oklahoma. Big win for them on the road, especially considering um, the deficit they faced in the first half, and even in the second half when they were down 18 points. They, they stuck with it. They, they fought. They didn't back down, and they got the victory. Shout out to the Sooners. Big win for them. Now, I still have some concerns with them if Spencer Rattler continues to be their starting quarterback. But this is a big win for them. And I have been, been I have been um, critical of them uh, so far this season. I still don't think they're a top-five team in the country. Uh, but this was a big win for them. And so if, if they make the, the switch to Caleb Williams as their starting quarterback, I think my opinion of them will, will continue to improve mo- moving forward. Let's go ahead and talk about Penn State, Iowa. Man, this is probably the game of the week heading into this week. And it did not disappoint. Iowa won 23-20. And this was a wild game. Penn State played very well early on. Um, This was a low-scoring game. But that's what I expected. And I think that's what most people expected. Let me get a drink of coffee before I dive in. Let's get through the play-by-play. So, Iowa had the ball first. They punted. Penn State threw an interception. Iowa kicked a field goal to go up 3-0. Penn State came back down, had a touchdown to go up 7-3. Iowa punted, um, and it was still 7-3 at this point. But then Penn State threw an interception. Um, and then Iowa was like, hey, you want to throw a pick? Let's join the party with an interception of our, of our own. Uh, but then Penn State responded with a touchdown to go up 14-3. Iowa punted. Their offense did not look good early on. A bunch of punts, an interception, just not looking good for them. Penn State responded with a field goal to go up 17-3. So they were up 14 early in this game. Then Iowa scored a touchdown to make it 17-10. Penn State punted. Iowa did as well. Penn State threw a pick. Iowa punted. A rough stretch here for both teams' offenses. Then it was halftime. So Penn State was up at half, 17-10. Um, starting the third quarter, Penn State punted, so did Iowa. Penn State kicked a field goal to go up 20-10. to 10. Iowa responded with a field goal of their own to make it a 7-point game, 20-13. to 13. 
Penn State punted, Iowa punted, Penn State punted, Iowa kicked a field goal to make it a 20-16 game, Penn State punted, um, Iowa kicked, sorry, yeah, Penn State punted, Iowa kicked a field goal, or I, hold up, I am, I am just struggling here. Iowa kicked a field goal to make it a 20-16 ball game. Then Penn State punted. Then Iowa, they kicked, and they scored a touchdown to go up 23-20. to And then Penn State had a turnover on downs. Iowa punted. Penn State had an interception. Iowa had a turnover on downs. Penn State had a turnover on downs. Uh, Iowa hopped into victory formation. End of the game, they won 20-3. So I know I messed I messed up part of this here. So in in the second half, Iowa was down 20-10. They kicked the field goal to make it 20-13. Penn State punted. Iowa punted. Penn State punted. Then Iowa kicked the field goal to make it 20-16. Penn State punted. Iowa scored a touchdown. And that's how they went up 23-20. I know I messed that up, but just according to confusion, that's how Iowa took the lead. In the second half, um, big win for Iowa. Their defense played spectacularly in the second half, only allowing three points in the second half. They were incredible defensively, um, and and there were some rough stretches for both teams' offenses. Um, neither team performed very well offensively, um, and, and man, down twenty to ten in the fourth, um, Iowa was able to come back. That's spectacular. Uh, way for their, I just I'm very impressed that their offense uh, was able to come back from from that big of a deficit in the fourth quarter because they don't have an elite offense. It's not bad. It's just not elite, and they don't have a great passing attack. Still, they were able to come back and win this game. Uh, I do want to say and uh, just brag about Iowa's defense some more. They forced four turnovers in this game. Like, that is huge. If you force turn- four turnovers in a game, in a game of football, you're likely going to win that game. Um, and, of course, Iowa did. I do want to say, Penn State looked great in this game early on. Their offense was w- w- looked pretty good. They were up 17-3. Then Sean Clifford, their quarterback, got injured, and they had to put in a guy by the name of, let me get this right. I don't want to screw up his name. Um, it's a... Uh, Taquan Robertson. Now, Taquan Robertson. Robertson. He is a. Let me click on his profile. He is. I. I he is a sophomore, a 197 pound sophomore. Um. I. I don't want to be super critical of him. I don't want it to sound like I'm bashing him, but he just simply did not play well. Did not look like he was ready for the moment. He completed 7-21 passes for 34 yards, 0 touchdowns, and 2 interceptions. Had a QBR of 27.7. He wasn't super productive as a rusher. Had 10 carries for 27 yards, only 2.7 yards per carry. He was not good. He was overthrowing guys, had 2 interceptions, just didn't look good. And with him at, at quarterback, Penn State's offense just tailed off and they could not move the ball. Um, so that's kind of why Penn State's offense fell off in the second half, um, and that's why they weren't able to win, and they weren't able to you know keep up with Iowa offensively. Um, I want to say shout out to Penn State; they played amazingly uh, when Sean Clifford was in at quarterback, and I think they honestly might have been able to win this game. In my preview, I talked about Penn State not being um, as efficient scoring wise as Iowa, but having a better a better passing attack 
And for that reason, I I I thought more highly of Penn State's offense, and I thought you know with with Penn State having a a similar quality of defense to Iowa, I think they might be able to win this game because I just have more faith in their passing attack. Um, and and early on, it looked like Penn State was going to win this game, but then Sean Clifford got out. Um, he got hurt and couldn't play, and things just fell apart for them. Um, but yeah, shout out to Iowa, big win for them. And they don't have a very difficult schedule for the rest of the season, so they could easily make it into the Big Ten Championship. They will. They're like, if they don't, like, they're gonna they're gonna make it into the Big Ten Championship game. Um, and they have a a very easy path to the playoff. They control their own destiny. They should be in the playoff um, if they handle their business moving forward. Shout out to Iowa, big win for them. Let me look at the box score real quick. See, do I want to, is there anybody I want to give props to? Um, maybe anyone that played super well defensively in this game. A couple of guys played well for Iowa on defense, like Seth Benson and Dane Milton. Both of those guys had, had two QB hurries apiece. Um, one guy for Penn State, Jesse Lucetta, had two and a half tackles for loss, two quarterback hurries, big game for him. Um, Arnold Ebikini, Ebikini. Um, I'm sorry if I mispronounced that for Penn State. He had three and a half tackles for loss, one sack, big game for him. Uh, nobody else really played all that well. Who had some interceptions here? Matt for Iowa. Matt Hankins, Jack Kerner, Riley Moss, and Justin Jacobs all had interceptions. And for Penn State, Jaquan Brisker had a pick of his own. Um, so all, those were all the guys defensively that played well in this game. Moving on to the final game, I want to talk about. Alabama-Texas A&M, upset of the year so far. I can't believe Penn, uh, the A&M was able to win this game. But they did somehow. They beat Alabama. They beat number one Alabama at home, 41-38. to This was an insane game. I wasn't able to see the first half of this game. I did see a lot of the second half. This was a crazy, crazy game. Super high scoring. Something I didn't... Didn't necessarily expect, really. Like, what was the over-under? Maybe I'm just crazy. Like, the over-under was 51, and there was um, 79 points scored. So, super high-scoring game. I wasn't really expecting that. Um, let's go through the play-by-play. So, A&M uh, kicked off the game, had a field goal in their first possession. And I was playing racquetball with some of my friends. And at this point, I was like, yo, A&M's beating Alabama. And my friend's like, oh, really? What's this going? I was like, and the game just started 3 nothing, And it was a joke because I just assumed that after this, Alabama would just start destroying them. Um, and Alabama responded with a touchdown. They took a 7-3 lead on their first possession. But then A&M responded with a touchdown of their own. They go up 10-7. to Alabama fumbled. A&M scored a touchdown. They go up 17-7. to Alabama threw a pick. So two straight possessions with a turnover. A&M did not... Um, they, they did not take advantage of this. They punted. Alabama punted. Three straight possessions with no points for them. A&M threw an interception. So a rough stretch for both offenses here. Um, then Alabama kicked a field goal to make it a 17-10 ball game. They were down 10 points in the first half. That's crazy. Um, but then 
A&M had a field, had a touchdown of their own. They go up 24-10. Alabama punted, um, and then A&M could not score in their final drive. And that was the end of the half. I guess they just didn't have enough, cl- enough time on the clock. They might have just run the clock out. So A&M was up 24-10 at halftime. I want to look at some of these scores because I know that there was a kickoff return for for um, for Texas A&M at some point. Was that the was that how they went up twenty four to ten? No, Isaiah Spiller had a touchdown. Let's see, was this a kickoff return touchdown? I don't know. Where was A and M's kickoff return touchdown? Was that? I don't know. Maybe that was in the second half. That might have been in the second half. But at one point, A and M did did return a kickoff for a touchdown. So to start off the third quarter, Alabama punted. A and M. They had a they had a punt blocked by Alabama, returned for a touchdown. So Alabama returned the punt for a touchdown to to make the score twenty four to seventeen. They were still down seven, and then immediately after that, A and M returned the kickoff ninety six yards for a touchdown. This is where the kickoff return touchdown occurred, and on this play they went up thirty one to seventeen. Then Alabama responded with a touchdown to, to make the score thirty one to twenty four. A&M had a turnover on downs. Then they punted. Alabama responded with a field goal to make it to go up or to make the score 31 and 27. Then A&M punted. Then Alabama kicked another field goal to make the score 31 to 30. So down, down 31 and 24 in the fourth quarter. Alabama kicked two straight field goals. And after the two field goals, they were down by one. This is extremely risky. At at some point, I I say you gotta go for it. Cause you're down like you're down seven, you kick a field goal, you're down four. Kicking a field goal when you're down four just doesn't make any sense in my opinion because you're still down a point. You've gotta get a you gotta get another stop. You've gotta you've gotta get a third straight stop. And the chances of that happening just aren't likely. So I just don't understand why they didn't go for it here. Um, and when they kicked this field goal, they had fourth and it was fourth and goal um, at the wait hold on was this out uh, yeah they they had fourth and goal at the Alabama four and they went and they kicked a the field goal. I just don't understand why they did that. It makes no sense to me. But it did it worked out in the end because A and M punted Alabama scored a touchdown. Um, and and went for two, got it to go up thirty-eight to thirty-one. A&M responded with a touchdown of their own to tie the game, thirty-eight to thirty-eight. Then Alabama punted, and then A&M um, on their final possession, they drove down the field, kicked the field goal to win forty-one to thirty-eight. My guy Seth Small kicked a twenty-eight-yard field goal to meet Alabama at home. 41-38, huge win for A&M. They played extremely well. Their offense was incredible. And I just got to give a shout-out to Zach Calzada for having an, a, a just a monster performance. 285 yards, three touchdowns, one pick, had a QBR of 90. He outplayed Bryce Young, who honestly struggled at times. Uh, Bryce Young had good production, 369 yards, three touchdowns, and one pick. But he had a QBR of 73.7, and he had some rough missed throws, especially late in the game. That really hurt Alabama offensively, killed some drives. Shout out to A&M. They were awesome offensively. Zach Calzada had a, a, game, of, a game of his life uh, to meet Alabama. 
Uh, and he even got hurt in the second half. Had to come out, uh, had to come out of the game, but he came back in, made some huge throws on their final drive to put them in a position uh, to get the game-winning field goal. This was a crazy upset. Um, and A and M, they went from being unranked to being, I believe, the 18th-ranked team in the nation. Um, and Alabama went from being ranked number one to being ranked number five. Now, let me look at the rankings real quick. Because um, I don't want to get this information incorrect. But Alabama fell. Georgia took over the number one spot. Now Alabama is ranked number five. Um, and A&M is ranked number 21 in the country, according to the AP poll. Um, so, yeah, big win for A&M. Huge moment in college football. I was not expecting this upset. Alabama was favored by 18. I actually posted a preview to this game with projected scores based on some advanced stats. And it had the game being closed. Close. My preview had Alabama winning by like less than a point. Um, so that was crazy. I mean, when I, when I posted that, I, I, I had a following tweet that said, like, don't like my my projected scores are not gospel. Um, Alabama's probably going to win this game handily unless their offense struggles. And guess what? Their offense scored 38 points, but there were times when it did struggle. And Alabama and A&M won as a result. I also want to say, I think that I am officially, I don't want to say that I'm cursed, but I think that I have the ability to curse other, to curse teams or players because I have had some, some tweets recently that have just come back to bite me in the butt. Like prior to this season, I said that I thought DJ Uyunglele would win the Heisman Award. And he has been awful this season. I also said uh, that wh- like while Geno Smith in the Thursday night football game again, or was that Monday night? No, that was that was yeah that was Thursday night football when the Rams and the Seahawks played and Russ got hurt and Geno Smith started playing well. I tweeted out QB controversy in Seattle, and then Geno Smith immediately like threw a pick. Um, and then was something else. I had the tweet about Alabama where I said that Alabama would probably cover unless their offense played bad. Alabama, you know, had some struggles offensively and they lost the game. So if you want me to curse your team, I'm here for you. Like, I'll curse your team um, if need be. Like, just just hit me up. I'll send out the tweet um, and I'll curse. I'll use my cursing powers for good. Uh, But yeah, so that's all I have for today's episode of the podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, check out my other content on my website at thewiresports.com. You can also check out my YouTube channel. That's The Wire. I posted a video today about Draymond Green's 2016 season. So go check that out. Um, if also follow me on Twitter at the and Instagram at the Ryan McCrary. That's the R-Y-A-N-M-C-C-R-A-R-Y. You can hit me up on there. We can talk about different things. You can, you know, you should just tell me your opinions on the podcast, on my content, and we can talk about sports. So yeah, do that. But anyway, that's all I have for today's episode, and I will see y'all next time. Peace.